it'd be a curiosity thing. I just hang out there for a little bit, brag about my job, and leave. Like, it'd be fine. Yep, that'd be a good time. Okay, uh, we are officially thirty minutes into my recording, and we still haven't. Jesus Christ, we, <laughs> we were, still we haven't were talked hour, about it. We were an hour before that too. <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> All right, fine. Let me actually get this done. R.I.P. Your editing. We're. I'm gonna say action. In three, two, one. This is Kurt Peterson. And I'm Alex Bonbon. Are, are you sure you're Alex Bonbon? <laughs> I can see like I was questioning him. <laughs> I had to question what I was. We're having an identity crisis here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. You are indeed Alex Potterbaum. And this is Pots v. Pete's. The Marvelous Morons. Got that <laughs> part right. You gotta have the laugh. I think I forgot to do the laugh last time. Well, you gotta like, do the laugh. Yeah, you have to laugh. I apologize. It's okay. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, this is an interesting one. We're gonna do uh, the post credit. Yeah. And no, we're not we're not reviewing every post credit of the Marvel universe individually. If we're doing that, the first one after Iron Man's the best. Done. <laughs> yes. The yeah. The one after Iron Man is absolutely the best. That opened up the world forever. Yeah. And effectively changed cinema. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah it did. How it many did. movies have a post-credit now? They all do. It yep. changed it. Forever. It changed it forever. So there's and... our review of the post-credit scenes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming and staying with us. We're out. <laughs> Peace! See, this right here today, we're going to have a few questions and kind of talk about the franchise of, as a whole. We're going to talk about everything from our favorite moments to what we're going to plan for the future and have all of this discussion. We talked about it just a little bit last time, but this time we're going to really get into those details. Um, last time, you know, I had to cut out a whole segment where we were talking about far from home because in between when we recorded that episode to when I posted it, the far from home trailer posted, you know, out on the internet and that completely changed the conversation and just made everything we talked about completely irrelevant. So that yep. happened, and because of that, we'll probably have a similar conversation about Spider-Man in this episode, I think. I mean, I'd like to talk about Spider-Man. I'd be down to talk about Spider-Man. I think you're always down to talk about Spider-Man. I am always down to talk about Spider-Man. See, I'm not sure you're as obsessed with Spider-Man as I am with Batman, though. No. Because if you get me on a Batman talk, then I'm talking for maybe an hour. Says a man who literally every episode references the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Every single one, Kirk. My next YouTube video will uh, be only about Batman Christopher Nolan, and then we can finally not have that conversation ever again. Yeah, that's a lie. (laughs) That is completely a lie. As long as the superhero genre will be around, I will always probably compare those movies uh, to the Nolan movies. Yep. I don't know. Uh, do you think... Uh, this is a question we didn't put on there. Do you think any of the MCU has surpassed... I know you don't like Rises as much as the other two, but do you think any of the MCU has completely surpassed uh, the Nolan Batman stuff 
Uh, none of them definitely surpassed the Dark Knight, that's for sure. Um, so, so you'll always like Dark Knight the most for, um, in terms of superhero stuff. Nah, I wouldn't say always, but... I don't know. There's other movies that have, like, hit that level of quality. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think, I think yes and no. Uh, it's just kind of hard with the MCU, because, like, that could be... Dark Knight was almost a standalone movie like it could be its own thing um yeah and this one these have to like sort of tie into each other but also be like family friendly and like as opposed to like just giving somebody like unlimited budget and be like cool this is you you go do you do you um so i think i think they can i think they hopefully will uh i want them to but at the moment i don't i don't know they've gotten very close um yeah i i you know in a lot of cases it's a very big question of like apples to oranges, you know? Yeah. It's really, they're not the same. They're superhero movies, but they're not the same kind of movie. So, so anywho, uh, this talk about will... Marvel. <laughs> that's okay. We're almost closing up this chapter of the Marvel cinematic universe and we can go on to talk about other things. And that's going to be super exciting. And I can't wait for that. But for now, we're going to do the final talk about the MCU and go through these questions. Uh, are you ready to go through these questions then? I am. All right. Our first question out of seven. What were our goals and did we achieve them? I didn't, I didn't really do this as like a lot of goals. Uh, to be honest, it was just kind of, it thought it'd be fun to watch all these movies together. Uh, and it'd be fun to discuss them with you. Um, since I know we have both a big love of movies my goal is not necessarily any like big outreach of like i want to change anything um i mean it has helped me look more critically at movies which is a nice little bonus uh for sure um and it was just like a fun way of doing all the movies without just sitting by myself and watching them Um, yeah but yeah so my my honestly my main goal was to do this with you to catch up with you because um if you don't know i live in atlanta kirk lives in iowa so we don't ever get to see each other so this is a nice way to hang out with you so goal achieved. we have multiple we have multiple go- uh group chats but it's not like you know you, and you it's it's not like having a conversation yeah they're, they're sitting just down like and text. talking like yeah. Ex- yeah getting to this and catch up with each other's lives and the news and like you know getting to geek out new stuff and like it, like getting to recommend new stuff to each other like has been nice to have and when we had that long break uh in between infinity war and captain marvel i really missed it so yeah this yeah. is nice to have back again so we can be back to hanging out with each other um through this incredibly unconventionally weird way so that was my goal i achieved it so yeah i well. think and i think you know my stuff was more uh, I guess technical in the sense that I wanted to talk about these movies in a format like we I watch I don't know about you but I watch a ton of YouTube videos of people just sitting down and talking to each other and it's like I can do that you know I can sit down and talk the stuff there's a podcast especially called movie fights where they have like a like a strict debate section and, like, I watched one of those episodes, and it's like, oh, these are lingos that I can talk about. Like, I can make good arguments of why the Star Wars prequels are good. And, like, I want to, you know, start doing that kind of stuff and, and having those discussions and 
you know, putting them all together. And I found out that, you know, it's a little harder than than I would have figured. Uh, talking, especially in this kind of casual format, you know, it, it still comes off as, you know, unarticulated, I guess. Uh, in, in theater, when you're performing on stage, you really are conscious of how you're talking and how that's conveying uh, moods and making sure you're articulate with your words. So it's cool to have that skill uh, be re- refined. You know, we can have these talks. I edit these as well. Uh, shout out to Will Dodds, who edited a lot of the like major work with the uh, with the original stuff. But since um, since I left my job, I've been editing all of these, and uh, so that I've been helping. You know, trying to enhance my skills with that. On top of that, like here's the deal: when I started this, I I would have safely said that I'm not a fan of the MCU. And going through these movies again and watching them and kind of trying to find a more positive light to them, it's like I really appreciate what this experiment was, you know. Uh, Because before this, there really wasn't a series that had, like, dramatically different characters spread out across one world, you know. Mm -hmm. Black Panther is nothing like Thor, nothing like Captain America. But seeing the logistics of these movies and, like, how, like, close they are to an actual story uh, was really rewarding. So I'm really glad that I had a new appreciation for these movies. Um, I mean, what, did, did your opinion change of the MCU at all when when we went through this? Uh, ironically, it was the opposite of yours. Uh, it got... All, all of those movies in a row got real repetitive. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because, like, you see one, like, every few months or one a year, and you're like, yeah, this was cool. And then watching every single one, it's like watching um, it's like watching a sitcom that came out, like, before the era of binging TV mm. shows and trying to watch all of them in a row. Like, uh, like I was doing with Friends for a while. Like, I just had it on the background when I'm doing stuff. And, like, I appreciate Friends, but, man, like, it gets really repetitive because you're used to seeing it on like not in this way of you know seeing them constantly in a row so seeing them constantly in a row is like okay like i could i like it was one of those like i was like okay cool i could see why people say this are all like the critiques of these are all the same like i i don't necessarily see that if we watch it like you know not in a row like that but in a row like that i was like yep these are good it's still, like especially towards the other like yeah, these are getting a lot to be kind of samey. Um, yeah. So, which is why it was nice towards the end is when they started really branching out and doing, like, a lot of the stuff is still there, but that's when they kind of, like, found their, like, real footing and started branching out and doing other stuff, which was much appreciated, at least for my sanity. I was like, okay, cool. These are, like, at least a little bit different. Like, that's nice. See, if oh. we did the, that's really, that is ironic that our, that, how we viewed this series kind of flip-flop because yeah if i started this i would have absolutely had said that but i felt when i watched them all back to back that i could appreciate how how different enough they were yeah. and and how the stories actually interconnect because i know like i read articles or watch youtube videos of people pointing out how 
you know, this is a reference to that, and this is, you know, blah, 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 and that's whatever. But when you actually see it all back to back, you can actually see where actual foreshadows and how how much the stories actually do connect and how much the world is there uh, from the beginning. Like, for example, my biggest surprise was watching Age of Ultron and all of Wakanda stuff was there. I was like, really? Like, even the giant Black Panther statue... Because, yep. um, like, I remember very much seeing that in Black Panther because that was a big deal. But watching an Age of Ultron, it's like, oh, wow, it was all there, you know, three years prior. Yeah, like, one of the minor characters from that movie became a villain in Black Panther. I was like, oh, yeah, he's still around. Like, that's what happened to that guy. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's something I would never remember, you know, especially watching Black Panther, you know, without watching Age of Ultron first. It, it was weird how we did that. But, yeah. you know, we had to do it. Um, but, yeah, watching Age of Ultron again, it's like, oh, I didn't even know he was there. Like, I didn't know that was Andy Serkis. Or I think I did know it was Andy Serkis, but I just completely forgot because, uh, spoiler alert, Age of Ultron is still super uh, forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Sorry, Charlotte. Sorry, Brandon. No. Yeah, no apologies. Couple other on that people. One. But... No apologies. That's a bad movie. Look at that. The the real Marvel fan is more savage towards that movie than the <laughs> The slowly but surely getting my Marvel groove back. You know, I bring up DC and Batman a lot because there's a huge like fight against DC and Marvel these days. And like that never happened to me before I got on the internet. Like I love Spider-Man and X-Men just as much as anything from DC back when I was eight, you know, and then going on the internet and then watching start finding, you know, making these fights of this Marvel versus DC thing, you know, it made me really like pick a side. So like, that's bad. Which is, yeah, that whole argument is super dumb. Um, yeah. It really is. They both needed each other to survive multiple times. Oh, yeah. Again, they both exist better because of each other. Um, yeah. It's, even if, if not for just the sake of, like, sheer competition-wise of, like, one person does something really well, and they're like, oh, cool, we had to try to top that. Like, so many good things are created because of that, uh, that kind of, like, friendly competition, like... In yes. each, they need each other. They can't do this without each other, uh, for sure. So, I think it's safe to say that we achieved our goals. I think I got a new appreciation for Marvel again, and that's exactly the kind of thing I wanted. And then on top of that, you know, practice of skills of other things. Mm-hmm. A- and then you got a friendship. I ha- I gotta continue <laughs> a friendship. Like, gotta keep it, like... Mine's the most wholesome one. You're just like, I want technical skills. I'm like, I just wanted friends. <laughs> I think I teared up yesterday because I said goodbye to taking care of a fish. So, like, you know what? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Still love you, Tallulah. So, with that said, uh, let's get on to our second question, which is, what would you fix for the future of the MCU? So, like, common problems that we've seen... Throughout these movies, so you were talking about the repetitiveness of the nature of these movies, watching back to back, and how you know Guardians of the Galaxy kind of changed that to the point where Marvel's not afraid to be doing the weird, outlandish stuff anymore. Yeah, um, I think more of my thing would be to to take a little bit more risks in what 
kind of stories they tell or start making stories that have a little bit more of like an impact instead of just popcorn fodder. Um, I think that's why I like The Dark Knight, why I always elevate above a lot of the other ones and I think why a lot of other people do is because it actually has something to say. Um, And I think Black Panther also scratches that itch for people. Like it actually kind of had something to say and a lot of these other movies have... Like, they flirted with the idea of having something to say, but they don't always go all the way with it. Um, and I think in the future, they need to start doing that. Um, they All these movies have heart to them, but I feel like they don't have anything truly big to say about right. much. Um, and I think that would be what I'd do. Um, lose a little bit of the home style that they have. They kind of, like, where all the lighting looks the same, all the shots look the same, all, all the dialogue's kind of somewhat samey. I think we can break away from that a little bit so we can get some a little bit more like differences and all of that stuff. So not every movie looks the same or not every movie feels the exact same. We know they're all connected. So that would be how I would change stuff for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity that we've already seen a full complete story and yeah, they could do it again, but I think Marvel and everybody knows that eventually this is going to get stale. And everybody's always talking about the great friedness of the superhero genre. The great... Yeah, it's going to hit a bubble and that it's going to burst and it's the whole thing's going to die like Westerns did. Right. And that's everybody's afraid of that happening. And I think if Marvel is going to continue, then they have to branch off and start doing these interesting independent projects that... Yeah. Like like how you explained it, like they they can be connected, they can reference each other, but they can't. But not they can't. But they need to be more differentiated between each other and more uh, like uh, uh, a, a, a particular vision like coming across rather than keeping it all the same. Uh, yeah, like keeping take it a, take on a bloody brand. risk. Like yeah, make <laughs> they haven't risked anything since Guardians of the Galaxy, and like. That was, I mean, God, that was only five years ago, but still, like, that's how many movies ago. They haven't really taken a risk since then of, like, yeah. changing anything up. Like, take a risk. If it fails, you have enough money to buy a million Avengers I would movies. love to see, like, if they can take a risk on stuff, make them smaller. I would love to see them make a less than $50 million Oh, um, yeah. Budget. Like, some of these characters budget do not need $150 million budgets to do stuff. Like, exactly. Um, and I Scarlett think Johansson with Black Widow. Like, oh, there was a lot of rumors that this was going to be the next R-rated movie, and that ended up not being true. And that's a shame, because it's like, there's no reason why Black Widow, one, won't be able to bring in an audience, because Scarlett Johansson is as popular as she is. And two, like, there's no reason why she needs a PG-13 romp, like... You can you can take that chance finally and do like this really interesting spy espionage story within the MCU that also is taking sort of risks. I I'd be okay with it not being R rated because I think there's always the equivalency of like R rated equals automatically more mature, um, which yes, it does that, sometimes. That is true. Which is kind of a false equivalency. You can have really deep, important, interesting stories that are totally. PG-13. Or the only reason that they're R-rated is because they say the F-word. Like, I mean, yeah. Goodwill Hunting is not really, like, is R-rated, but, like, that's just because people say the F-word. Like, that's literally it. Um, right. It tells everything else it needs to tell in this 
not particularly it's not violent there's not i don't think there's any sex scenes there's no like intense use of drugs there's like nothing in there except that it swears and it has some more mature themes but like so I and i be... very much agree with you in fact i have written an article about this very subject on batman v Zack snyder dawn of reconstruction or deconstructions oh. and i talked about how in an adult you know gratuitous violence does not equal like actually interesting stories yeah but I was just saying with the sake with the sake that if you do a smaller movie and you can take that chance with Black Widow. And for Black Widow, I don't think like if it's R rated violence, that wouldn't be gratuitous, given her like backstory that we've no. touched briefly upon. Or the opposite direction, and this is equally also a chance. And I mentioned this with the Ant Man and the Wasp movie, but it's like, why not do a PG movie? Make it like a straight up like actual kids. Just like yeah, wow. make it a little more like I think I think it's because it's equally as much of a of a you know risk. I think it's hard for them too because uh, when like any sort of like violence where people punch people is pretty much like an almost like they have this weird thing of um, I think the MPAA like I don't know this for sure tinfoil hat but I think uh, when anime characters do it it's a lot easier to justify like well they're not real whereas opposed to like you know you see actual people punching and fighting each other. It's yeah. a little bit harder to be like, well, yeah, that's not real. Where it looks totally meant to look like these people are actually punching each other. So I right. think that's why some of those movies have PG thirteen rays. Because yeah, some of these like Marvel movies are not particularly that bad. Um, yeah, like the Ant Man movies for sure are like. That should have been that should have been a kids movie, you know. Yeah, just, and I think that's I'm fine with those becoming a little more like like just embracing the goofy and becoming kids like more kid yeah. movies. Like that's fine. Like I. They're not, they're not serious, and nobody in there is, like, going to, like... They take them seriously as opposed to taking the character seriously, but nobody's like, yeah, this needs, like, Ant-Man needs to go grungy, dirty, like, R-rated <laughs> reboot Ant-Man, where, like, he's actually... Where he actually kills Thanos the way the internet wanted him to kill Thanos, like... They just need to be, like, substantial and, like, have, like, an identity within their own movie. Yeah. Like, and the just, nice thing is... Uh, yeah. sorry to cut you off but the nice thing is with about these like small independence of is now that Disney has its own streaming channel uh, they get to do that with characters that might not be able to support their own movie but now they can have their own side thing like you know we That's have a good point. Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier who's now Falcon's Captain America so it's eventually another Cap and Bucky story with two separate people who started out as antagonists and now are kind of like I'm gonna guess become begrudgingly friends um or, like, you know, Wanda and Vision, where they're, like, off and Loki's got his own thing. And, like, man, like, some of those, like, you could have... Or you could have, like, a little short inside of those things. And, like, a 20-minute short with one of these characters. And, like, use that to see if people are, like, rave about it. Then you make a whole movie about them. Like, yeah, that's... They have this new platform that they did not have before to tell these stories. And I'm super excited about it. We're on a spree for question number three. What do you think... Uh, they already do well that they need to continue the MCU. Oh, this one's really easy for me. Unlike a lot of other movies with this style thing, um, they focus on the characters, not the plot. That is yep. 100% the core of what why these movies are so successful. Um, I absolutely I read, agree. And I read an article a while back. I, I think it was on uh, Avengers 2, and it talked about the one scene that I like from that movie which is when they're all at the party together and they're talking and, like, just basically shooting the shit and, like, trying to lift Thor's hammer and, like, clearly drinking and having a good time together. 
and the, the like article is about like yeah this is a baffling fra- like popcorn franchise because any other franchise you'd be waiting for them to shut up and get to the action but right. with the mcu you're waiting for this moment and you're waiting for the action to be done so that we can have the moments like this again like this is like the great thing is I can imagine like I can't imagine any other action franchise where I can sit yeah, I can pull any of these two characters and have an essentially a remake of my dinner with Andre and just sit two of them down and have them talk about life and I can imagine that totally happening with almost any of these characters I could grab Peter Parker and uh, Black Widow and I could sit them down and I, they could talk about life it might not be as like profound and deep but like they can have a conversation and, like somebody could write. And they're that out. so well crafted that they can. Yeah, that continue you can that do movie. that with yeah. any of them. I could watch an essentially a version of like Pulp Fiction style movie where it's mostly all talking or yeah. something like that with any of these characters, and it would be set. And that is incredible. Here's here's a little crinkle in your armor. Like Iron Man two essentially was that. Like there was hardly any action scenes, yeah. and that movie still fails. So why? Like, uh, I think that one failed because it was trying to do too much at once. Um, and I think, from what I understand, there was a lot of uh, studio interference with John Favreau. So they wanted him to do one type of movie. He wanted to do another type. And it kind of butted heads. Like, he wanted to do um, a closer story to what's... Uh, uh, it's like the storyline called Demon in the Bottle, where Tony Stark right, right. becomes an alcoholic. And, like, you can see hints of that around and all this other stuff happening. Um, but then it's also trying to do that, get everybody ready for Avengers because it was doing most of the heavy lifting for that whole franchise, um, in general, trying to do that, all the heavy lifting for that and trying to be this lighthearted romp when the basis storyline is a very dark storyline. So, um, <coughs> and I think... it's a dark storyline that also would have not required you know any action scenes they could have yeah totally... exactly but they kind of required action scenes because it's a superhero movie especially an early superhero movie um early in but the they MCU, were so the... bad like that was the thing like the last fight with him and whiplash it's yeah like it's so boring like he didn't do anything yeah because was... i don't think john Favreau really cared about that like Okay. I don't think you hear about that fight scene at all. Like, well, that's... okay, then then I'm gonna refine my thing because yes, characters are important, and like, yes, these characters are strong enough to have these action scenes. But it's you gotta have the heart for what's going on in that moment. That's what they do well, uh, or have gotten better at that they need to continue on, uh, in my opinion. Speaking of characters, uh, we are on to question number four. Uh, which characters would you like to see in the future that uh, MCU hasn't already incorporated? Ooh, we've gotten a lot of my favorites, um, which is amazing. We've gotten almost, uh, I think. Did you ever imagine we'd see a world where Vision would show up in, in one of these movies? I never cared about Vision, so that was but, never. Yeah, a... that's a good example of just like. You know, nobody cared about Vision, yeah, I didn't and care. yet I, he showed up. Avengers you know, fans here. cared about Vision. I was, uh, when I started reading Avengers, it was after uh, this huge storyline where they all broke up and part of, some of them died, and so they revamped the um, the line with a lot of different characters, so like Wolverine yeah. and Spider-Man. Um, uh, that's where I got to learn about Luke Cage and became a Luke Cage fan was that series. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, Spider-Woman was on that. Captain America and Iron Man were still on it as well. Um, they kind of had a rotating list of people. Uh, 
they had a storyline, um, this was after the Civil War in the comics when uh, Ronan showed up, who was Hawkeye, uh, so that's where he oh, came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they so that, more or less they more or less did that in Endgame. Yeah, so they did it like, like and it's pretty a little bit different style, but yeah, he came up as that and like for a while I was like, Who's Ronan? and then it's Hawkeye, you're like, Oh, it's Hawkeye's back, okay. And um, then and then Nomad was also a character that they also kinda did with Captain America. Yeah, they kind of like had his thing of I'm done with being Captain America and throw away the shield and he's somebody different with like wearing muted colors and not referring to himself as Captain America. Um yeah. So, yeah, they definitely did that. Uh, so they did a lot of these cool things I never thought they'd do. Um, I think the only one that I'm like, I think this needs to be in here, and partially because of uh, one little limited comic series I've read with him, uh, Moon Knight. So he's essentially... Oh, yeah. Uh, the concept of him, he's it's kind of weird. He's he's somebody who... You can't, you can't tell if he has a mental illness or if he's, uh, if he's like, being influenced by this... Uh, Egyptian god um, so that's kind of part of his thing he's like he's kind of he's a little bit unhinged weird uh, but essentially he's this guy who goes around uh, wearing white and going around like stopping criminals at night like that's his thing he's um, and people have called him discount Batman and that's very much not uh, true at all his costume's kind of similar but not really yeah. But the run it's like I, opposite. He's like all white while Batman's He's like, like all yeah, and like he he's a lot more violent, um, for sure. And it's definitely not uh about earning it's not it's definitely less about justice and more about punishment. Um, if that makes sense. So if anything, he's a punisher knockoff. If I no, because it's not like I'm gonna punish criminals. He's just like a little more violent and it's like there's not um I mean Batman always has a sense of hope and he does not really have that at all. Yeah. Um but the storyline I read was um, Warren Ellis did, like, six issues and kind of revamped the character and made him awesome. At one point, like, the first issue, he is not wearing a costume. He's literally wearing a white suit, all white. <laughs> like, he has the mask on, but it's, like, a white suit, white pants, white tie, white button-up shirt underneath, like, white shoes. I like, kind of like that's... that. So, yeah, and he has, like, a... Like a uh owl court of owls mask type it's like mask, a, yeah or? it's kind of like it's just a white it's got a moon on the I top like and you can that, like yeah. see the slits oh it's so cool looking and like the so like he's in these grungy dirty places and like he is bright white you cannot miss him like so there's no height in the shadows he's just there and he's like that confident that he can like do that um but there's a fantastic issue in that run where he's in that same suit um he changes his suits every once in a while like so sometimes he has like a different suit on stuff like that but he's basically uh somebody kidnapped a child and they're like it's like a it's like a comment for an action scene like somebody kidnapped this child and they're on the top floor and he's on the bottom and he's got like a couple weapons like that's it and he, so it's just him fighting everybody from the top to the bottom not much dialogue him just going around and just kicking ass from the top to the bottom and all this like insane stuff and like you know he's breaking weapons and like he's like losing all of his weapons so he has to like steal bass from people and hit them with that like all this it's so cool and i want that character to show up because he's so absolutely weird and different and like that's when i want that small indie movie i want the small indie movie of moon knight he doesn't need to save the world i don't want him to save the world i just want him to go around and like be in new york city or wherever or do like some odd city like where he could just show up and just he's the only person around that area and just goes around fighting criminals at night in this all-white suit it's awesome yeah, that'd be dope. I love that. That's and a lot some, of people, a lot of people are saying Keanu Reeves for that, and I respectfully I, disagree. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but if Keanu Reeves is coming to the MCU, 
he has to be Silver Surfer without a question. <laughs> what? He's Silver Surfer? Because because of days, uh, the day the Earth stood still, he was. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, and like Neo or Neo, excuse me, he might as well be Neo at this point. But Keanu Reeves, in general, has this very, you know, very centric, uh, Zen type of personality where he's very reserved. And quite, and he's very much part of the earth, and like wanting to keep it preserved and stuff like that. Okay. And that might be me projecting a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that he's, um, like you know, very ecocentric and stuff like that. So, uh, and I know that might be hard for these newer viewers or newer generations listening to this who only knows him as John Wick, but he's very, uh, you know. He has depth that is beyond just Get bashing people's heads bashing people in John Wick. Like yes, and so so with that on top of that you can't have Silver Surfer without. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment. What the hell? I was just writing. Without John Wick. No, Silver Surfer and uh, Galactus. Oh so, yeah. So. I know we were just talking about that we don't want these huge event movies and stuff like that, but the next one absolutely has to be Galactus. Yeah, uh, why would it be anything but Galactus? It's yes, Galactus. They, they got that back. They need that back. Uh, it's, it'll be exciting to see a, an actual good interpretation of Doctor Doom. Uh, I hope. I hope they don't like make these people less interesting. And that's what I'm most afraid about about Spider-Man Far From Home is that they're going to do something really dumb with Mysterio. And it's like, he needs to be a con man. He needs to have these, like, special effects, uh, you know, mind-bending weirdness. Like, that's I, the two things. He's definitely going to be a con man. I think yes, the more I guarantee is, it, but is I'm, he a con man? But I'm so afraid that they're going to mess it up somehow. Uh, no, he's and, a con and, man. Like, if just... he's, he's legit from a different dimension, like, that's going to really make me angry. And um, no. I, I, I will that's... bash that. Like, I, yeah, I agree with you that it's, like, people that don't know the comics are like saying like oh this person's from the alternate dimensions like please no uh, he's not sit That's, down they're, they're not going to alternate dimension this dude is a liar like yes he absolutely has to be but it still terrifies me that they'll do that you know like yeah. on the off chance i can um, see that um i i have faith that they will not do that because that's just It'd be one thing if, like, it was a different, like, a Thor movie, and Thor was like, there are different universes. I'm like, okay, they might, looks like they're gonna go that path. I'm like, okay, bye. Uh, But if Mysterio is the one who says, oh, yeah, during this event, I came from another universe, like, hang on, how's that even work? You absolute liar. (laughs) Like, that doesn't even, that even makes sense in just, like, any sort of, like, But remember, they did introduce alternate dimensions with Doctor Strange, and the idea of Endgame, I guess... Uh, I, I'm still iffy on that one. That I think that uh, I think that uh, I'm going to bet a like literally my kidney that Mysterio is a liar. Hundred yes. percent. You could have my kidney if he's not a liar. He's a liar. He's like done. He's I totally I will hold it. you up to that. I would I will uh, present the kidney on my kitchen table for all uh, to see. Uh, no, I need you to give it to Jake Gyllenhaal uh, to let him know. <laughs> uh, you played me well done. But, until uh, then, but yes, uh, on why bringing up Mysterio anyways, Mysterio is my favorite Spider-Man villain. So like that was another want for the MCU is to bring 
uh, Mysterio out and like villains in general. Bring back uh, the lizard. Yes, like redo <laughs> the lizard. The, redo the lizard because like I know they're trying to do move villains have never been done in any movie and while i appreciate that the lizard wasn't done in the first amazing spider-man we had some like weird dude who had a tail that was not the lizard bring back the lizard i, I, hashtag, I would love hashtag would love real the, lizard <laughs> i would love if they adapted spectacular foes of spider-man oh did i get God, that name wrong again that's uh no oh superior foes of spider-man superior but, you know, foes god damn it yeah that's that's the perfect setup for a hulu disney plus show yes, like i don't I think agree. that's a movie that's uh that's definitely like something although else. i will take a movie but yes, i will I take agree, a movie but... you can give me a movie i want i just want it to happen it's so beautiful um it's such a good story it's so stupid but so it's like the genius level of stupid that it's like that amazing that like this thing has happened and i love every single part of it for my final answer definitely silver yeah. surfer definitely galactus and definitely modok that's right all right um let's go on to question number five do we incorporate the x-men oh this is a quick no that's a no for you I I've actually have an idea of how you could do it, um, um, if you would like to hear that. I will add my reasoning why really quick, um, and then you can do yours uh, just real fast. X-Men sure. work better on their own because uh, it works as like a group of people that um, society doesn't like, which then in turn can be used as an analogy for racism, homophobia, xenophobia, literally anything else. Um, they kind of fit in that role of having a bunch of people who don't belong in a particular area for reasons that are not their fault. And the MCU has never treated its uh, heroes as anything but amazing. So these X-Men would, I feel like it'd be really tonally, and even in the comics, it's tonally weird that why are yeah. the X-Men not treated well when all these other, and like most of these people are like enhanced beyond being human. So why are the X-Men getting it for it when all these other people are also that way too? So I think uh, in that universe, they don't work. They need to be their own separate thing. Um, same with the Deadpool movies. Like, it'd be funny if they showed he showed up, but, like, not more than much more of a gimmicky show-up thing. Like, he needs to have his own bonkers R-rated universe where he can just, like, now he can take other characters from this stuff and have the R-rated version of Spider-Man and, like, do all this dumb stuff, like, with these characters. But uh, having him with the rest of everybody else just kind of ruins it. Um, yeah. It also breaks the fourth wall of this series that very much has taken a very firm stance of not doing that. So, yeah, they need to be separate. Uh, yeah, and I mostly agree with you 100%. As weird as it was for the X-Men to be separated from the MCU, and it, it felt right. I've never understood why we like some certain superpowered people but not others. Yeah, and, it's, but then it's, again, that's also kind of part of that whole thing. Like in real life, that kind of happens too, right? Yeah, uh, like some that's bigots, fair. some bigots like you know they like their sports stars, but they don't you know want you know people to vote, and like that might be a little nuanced for MCU, so it might be a little difficult. But I think it's possible. That and could I be think, the nuance that they need, though. It's like the nuance. That's is a good like, point. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that way they can just do that. Um, so the idea that I had would be that like shield or whatever Nick Fury's doing. Yeah. Enlists one of the other superheroes. I'm leaning towards black Panther because this kind of topic of prejudice works within those topics of, uh, of black Panther. 
But like he enlists Black Panther to go check out like this group of of renegade superpowered people, which we will find out later are mutants. Uh, specifically, they're the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You know, he eventually takes them down, and then they kind of interrogate them with the fact that they have the superpowered stuff. And eventually, the questions comes like, you know, where'd you get your powers? Like, how do you have this ability? And it'll come out that they were born that way. And that there's a lot more of them than they realized. And so then you go on to kind of find out like all these underground kind of territories of all these people that are born uh, with powers and kind of how the evolution of that happening uh, kind of goes down. I don't know where to go from there. You know, obviously they meet up with the X-Men at that point. But other than that, other than that, I don't know where that story actually goes. But that... To, to introduce the idea that they've been around this whole time and that kind of scares some of the, the Avengers people. And that, that would be a good question of power again. The uh, is like, who do we trust with this kind of power? These people have this power and they're not, you know, part of us, the Avengers. And like that kind of echoes some of the same questions from Civil War. But I think it's in a different enough context that it'll get some different answers, I think. Yeah. So that's my idea. I don't know. X-Men, I think, can, and like you said, I think can add that nuance that the MCU needs to find. Um, But in general, it's... uh, I mostly agree that they should kind of be off in their own universe. And with them potentially, you know, air quotes around that because of the Mysterio thing, potentially getting into the nit and gritty of the of the multi-universe thing, they could easily just have a multi-universe where they're on their own, you know? I guess, yeah, I guess, but I'm not super, um, yeah, I, I'd rather they didn't. That's not necessary. Or the other Fair universes enough. are not. Okay, so now we're on to question number six. Favorite moment slash character of the MCU. Mm. Quick to mm, say. Man, that's tough. I don't know. Huh. There are so many good ones. And yeah, that's the problem. Is there so you many, almost have um, to go through movie by movie, you know? Ah, uh, God. Ah, uh, this is really tough. But as much as I love Spider-Man being like the most, the best version of Spider-Man we've ever seen, um, kudos Mind to film. Tom Holland. Yep. Uh, and as much as I've loved Tony uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, those that that's been an incredible run. Um, but Gotta say, man, Cap, Captain America. Like, I was excited for the first yeah. movie and, like, cleared my expectations. But, like, Captain America has been, like, the heart of this series for, like, so long and, like, has gone through such stuff. And, like, his ending was so beautiful. It was just, like, yeah, Captain America, like, is my favorite. Like, one of my absolute favorites um, because of this. And it's I, it's really hard to argue with that because he's definitely – like had one of the best character growths and like we were talking about with the nuancedness like his character growth isn't exactly like oh he was a douchebag and he learned to be less of a douchebag like tony's is it's like he's wholesome he's always going to be wholesome but that wholesomeness is questioned and that questionness like adds to it somehow like it, yeah like, and the world is different and how does the world deal with somebody that is this kind of person like yeah in this world where that that doesn't seem to be the way you do life how do you deal with this absolutely best that's he's honestly like the clo- the best like 
what would happen if Superman exists in the real world story yeah. that is like because he is like he's not Superman like there's all the existential stuff but like I think that's what like Man of Steel uh, tried missed, to do is yeah. tried to do but like focus more on like what would happen if like a god showed up and like no 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 like the real important like question is not necessarily what would happen if someone with superpowers what would someone who's like so unflaggably good showed up and right. like and it, and he also made everybody better in the MCU. Everybody, like, Tony Stark, like, kind of almost stepped up his game after that. Like, yeah. he was good before, but, like, he's in, he's brought the best out of so many people and so many characters. Like, think of all the characters that are, like, doing better because they saw Captain America do something. Like, in this these series, like, a lot of them got inspired by him, as we were, too. So, like, yeah, he's been the most absolute phenomenal um and god for chris evans not wanting to do it at first like he has knocked it out of the park like yeah he is he's, he's, he he's is perfect, perfect cast and i might not like his individual movies as much but yes i very much appreciate the the growth of that character and how well that's actually you know pulled off um, yeah it's great it's um, good so he's really my favorite good. and then oh favorite moment is tough um, uh, I think favorite moment is either, uh, when they're both from Endgame, weirdly enough. Um, but my favorite moment is either when, uh, the portals open up as Thanos is there and all, everybody shows up, like, out of the, like, every <laughs> single, like, hero ever shows up. And we finally get Captain America finally saying Avengers Assemble. Yep. Like, he's got the hammer in his hand, like. He's clearly just looks battered and broken. It's like just, and he's just ready to die. Like this is just round like, two, baby. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's like not ready to give up. Like I'm giving up on life. He's like ready to die. And like I'm willing to do literally everything it takes to keep this from happening, even though like I have no shot. His shield's broken, and he's just got this hammer. He's like, I'm ready. Like let's do this. Like, and then everybody shows up, and like you can see just the sheer happiness. Of, like yes, we have a chance now. Um, that or uh. The final, uh, I am Iron Man, uh, when he's got all the fake goblets, he, like, snaps his fingers, like, what a great callback to this character that that's has been his catchphrase of anything else, and, like, the constant reformation between, like, he said it in all three Iron Man movies, and, like, I don't, maybe he didn't say it that much in the second one, um, but that was definitely a huge character moment in the first and the third movie, and to have that tie his character off of being, like, no. I like, especially like when like, like Thanos is like, I'm inevitable. It's like, I'm all this death and destruction. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm this much better than you will ever be. Um, and ending his story arc like that, that was such a cool moment of like, this is perfect. Yeah. Interesting that you go for the two endings, which, yeah, it's like, why not? Because the whole series has been going up to that moment, you know? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go. I think my answers are going to be Guardians based. Yeah, it's hard to argue good. against Captain America, but at the end of the day, um, I it's hard for me to pick which of the Guardians is my favorite. Uh, There's for, so many good like, moments on them. <laughs> for the MCU as a whole, it's probably Gamora because of her relationship with Thanos. Yeah, and her character. Re- really, it's kind good. of a disappointment that she didn't she didn't get to finish uh, him off. You know. And, like, I yeah. get that everybody likes Iron Man and wants to see him do the, you know, pull the final trigger and stuff like that. But at the same time, I feel like Gamora had the most baggage with him. 
And yes, like, agreed. I feel like she could have been capable to take him down. So, but doesn't matter. Like we get to see like an idea of that in Infinity War, and how the whole you know that whole relationship is fleshed out in Infinity War is just really good. And like, uh, she seems like all this reserved in the first two movies, but then you kind of see exactly why, and yep. and see that played out. And her backstory is just really like like whoa that's you know that's insane to kind of see that that segment of infinity war so i'm gonna go you know i guess mcu as a whole it's it's gamora but if i go just to the guardians like rocket raccoon is really great um and uh chris pratt's uh peter quill is also okay uh is also pretty good like i like it's one of those things where it's just like all of them together kind of add stuff to the other characters you know like yeah. you get you get all these different flavors and together they're put in a way that that really works and and enhances that whole experience so um i i you know i'm just gonna say guardians is my favorite character and then the the ending the ending to two is easily my favorite where they send yondo uh to his his funeral and that moment where, like, that whole adventure that you just kind of look back and think on and, like, you know, everything to do with all these characters and their and their family unit, it just it just works really well. Yeah. Agreed. And oh. those were our six questions. We have a seventh. And for the seventh, we kind of had a setup. So, as you all remember or know, uh, we rate every movie at the end of each episode. So I have taken upon myself, uh, added up all of our ratings together and divided it by 22 to get the average. That's how you find averages, right? What? Taking them all (laughs) up, adding them all up and dividing them? Yes. Okay. I have indeed done the correct math to find (laughs) our averages. Your average rating, I think, is actually kind of surprising, but I guess not when you actually look at the numbers so would you like to guess what your overall average is um i would say a 3.5 you're close you're honestly that's not what i would have guessed when i was looking at this stuff so uh your average is a 3.6 and i rounded that up makes sense yeah and didn't to me because i saw all these fours and i was like really but you do you go Yes, you bashed a couple, and you uh, you went lower than I ever did on any of them. You went to a one. I've went my lowest was one point five. So you you want to guess what my r- average is? Three point uh, two. Uh, it's a little high. My average ended up being three point one four. Oh, it's like point, <laughs> 0.06 different. Ah. Like, like, <laughs> three point five. Oh yeah, yours is close. It's three point six. I'm like, I'm almost on the money. <laughs> like, what? You were almost <laughs> on the money for both of them, so I'm impressed. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. So the um, I also went and took the liberty. Uh, you can see these stats on the web page, or you can um, uh, do the math yourself, I guess. But we had the same rating for three movies. Uh, those movies were The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, and Avengers Infinity War. Those were our three. And, like, yeah, I get it. Those are kind of the three ones yeah. that kind of make sense that we would 
have the exact same rating. And then I had five movies I rated higher than you. Uh, we talked about this a couple times, but would you like to guess those? I'm going to guess uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, that is correct. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's make a game out of this. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Number one. You got the first one right. Incredible Hulk. Uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. Avengers, ding, 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 ding. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Ding, ding. Thor, Thor the Dark World. Yes. Ding, ding. And, um, ooh, which other one is the one? Um, let me look quick. I wonder what it was. Oh, you'll know it. You'll know. You'll kick yourself for not saying it. Uh, was it Black Panther? Nope. What was it? It was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I did lower than you? Yep, that was the first time I went to... That was the first time either of us went to a 4.75. That was the first I time. I did 4.75 on that one. Nope, you did a 4.5, and then I did a 7.5, and you were shocked that I did that. I, I was like, yes. Oh, interesting. I was okay. like, yes, it's, it's, I like that one quite a bit. So, with the averages, does a 3.6 reflect your feelings of how you feel about... Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, that's a little low. Um, I think the fact that 11 out of the 22 were 4 and higher is pretty indicative of... Uh, no, 12 out of the 22. 12 out of the 22, yeah. So, like, more than 50% I gave over a 4. Like, that's a lot more indicative of what I think of it. Um, uh, I'm just way meaner on the ones I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> like, in just a truly vindictive, terrible way. That's more... That's more why that list so low is because I have such high expectations for this series and how much I love it that when it's disappointing, it's so much worse than uh, if I had no connection to the series and then it was bad that I could just shrug it off. Um, In my case, I agree with the rating. I think uh, the fact that it's pie is it's just like, yeah, these movies are pie. That makes sense. 2.14. Not the I best think... dessert, but still solid dessert. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Yeah, I made that pie make sense. You're exactly. welcome, world. Like I said earlier in the in the podcast, I very much liked this experiment in general and the fact that they kind of succeeded in creating this universe is very impressive. And I like that it exists. I dislike the fact that it's the most popular thing in movies right now. And I wish more interesting stuff was was getting more of the spotlight. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, okay. So anywho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the big grand finale. So this is the bottom five. So these are the five worst movies I think the MCU has to offer. And this is this is going to break your heart. And I have a feeling it's going to be on your top five so you can uh, you can reclaim it and, and do that stuff. But my, my fifth worst one was Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the podcast is done. <laughs> we are, we're out of here. I think, I think watching the special effects not hold up and like the weird, like the weird, like touch on Nazi and fascisms, but not going all the way. And, uh, like, I don't know. The movie didn't have like that good of a climax. Certainly like, like there's like two montages in the movie that probably didn't need to exist. And, one of them certainly should have been like kind of more of a, you know, I don't know. It's hard to talk about when we talked about it so long ago. But if I recall correctly, there was a montage of just him like 
helping prisoner of wars like escape and like all those missions and stuff like that and i found it a little disappointing that you know they relegated them to like montages rather than like doing a proper action scene that's why disney plus would be really nice at this time there you go yeah that'd be fun to watch all the captain america adventures honestly if you just get the howling commandos back minus captain america and like all the stuff they did afterward hell yes i want howling commandos back that'd be great yeah that's a good point but yes, I just like all those things added together and like like a little contrived ending. Like yes, it works I guess emotionally uh for a lot of people, but for me it just felt fairly contrived like, you know. And like there was no the the ending being that he crashes into, you know, the glacier and stuff like that. There's no way around that. That's the story of Captain America and that's how, you know, you bring him back into the MCU modern times. It just, you know, it all of it all put together just falls flat for me, uh, unfortunately. So, Ooh. what's well, what is your fi- fifth spot? Bottom five is Doctor Strange. And spoiler alert, that's going to show up on my thing as well. Yeah, well, cool. <laughs> Doctor Strange. And five. by by it showing up, it's it's my it's my bottom four. So okay, let's, well that's the perfect transition. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that. <laughs> um. I knew the Captain America was going to be controversial, but Doctor Strange for us was not controversial, so there's really nothing to add. Uh, we both didn't really like that movie. Actually, let me, hold on. Let me go see. You gave it a 3.25. Oof. Yeah, I would definitely take that back. Um, seeing as how we've gotten a much better Doctor Strange in the last three appearances he's been in, uh, yeah, I'd definitely redo that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Infinity War so good. Like, that's yeah. the Doctor Strange I want, you know? Yeah, him and that, and, like, the little bit in Endgame, and even, like, the little chunk he was in Ragnarok, that was so much better. Like, so yeah. much better. Yeah, Doctor Strange might be one of those characters where the origin story just isn't as interesting as everything else. No, yeah. um, and that he works in small doses where, he, or, like, yeah, where it's the origin story is definitely not the most interesting fact. Him being, like, a magical sorcerer who just is there is far more interesting, for yeah. sure. Okay, so what's your number four? Uh, number four is Captain Marvel. Okay, yeah. That, yep. that is a little controversial. I liked it fine, so uh, go ahead with your reasonings as why. My uh, reasonings for that are on the Captain uh, Captain Marvel podcast. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Most of them have like listened to that anyways. Just like, go there. Go there. I don't have the energy to hate it enough for today. Like, I just want to be like, no, just go. Go that. Go so, the list of that. So then, with that out of the way, my number three is Iron Man 2. Okay, I can see that. And we touched base on why that didn't work earlier in this podcast, uh, but in general, uh, I think yep. that's a mean-spirited and clunky movie. So My number three is The Incredible Hulk. Yep, that, I wasn't surprised to hear that. Yep. My number two is Thor Ragnarok, and that's definitely not surprising if you heard me rant. Nope, you, you definitely do not like that movie. I do not like that movie. I understand why people do. I get it. I think I again. I think it's a cynical piece of cinema that just throws away the rest of the franchise, which I guess is the point when you really get down to its themes. But it's like there was so much potential and setup with those first two movies. Yes, neither one of those were good, but. At least, like, there was something engaging that I could have, like, eventually followed through on. 
and it's really disappointing that they didn't decide to go through that. But I guess I guess I'm I'm alone on that one. It takes this cool mytho- mythological feeling and it makes it another space action adventure, and that's just kind of disappointing. Yeah, um, I think Taika Waititi could do. I do like Thor Ragnarok, but I know I know for a fact he can do better, and I yes. am more interested in what he has to do now that he's gotten I guess that out of the way uh, yeah. to set up for Avenger Avengers three. So yes, um, I know he can do better. So I'm pretty sure he's doing the next Thor. So. He'll yeah. be back for that. Um, and, like, that either upsets me or, or like, gets me a little excited that that'll at least be better. Because, like, I do like his style quite a bit. Like, especially with the colors of the world and stuff like that. Like, he nailed the idea of, like, a Jack Kirby world. I so. think I think you need to see his other movies, and I think you'll have a little more faith. Because um, his other movies are fantastic. Yes, and one of them has been on the what we do in the shadows has been on my watch list for a long time. So. Oh, I love that movie so as, much. As far as I know, it's, it's still on Prime, so I'll, I'll it's watch it. So good. Um, I think uh, his other one, um, Hunt for the Wilder People, is also on there, yes. which is okay, absolutely phenomenal. All right, I'll watch them both. Yep. All right, well, All you're right. number two. Number two is Thor: The Dark World. And that happens to be my number one. (laughs) And the only reason mine is number two, literally the only reason why it's not the bottom of the barrel, is because the the Avengers 4 weirdly kind of mildly redeemed a little bit of it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. By having that lovely scene between Thor and his mother um, from around that time, future Thor and his mother from around that time period, um, that is is literally it. Um, And going back and seeing that really cool design of when Asgard looked like that and that was I think one of the only positives I had for that movie was the design was really cool um and so getting to see that again uh was very nice so yeah that's literally the only reason why it's number two I and think it's your number one it's my number one there was you know I think that's the one that failed the most at being what it what itself and I think that was the most that we felt Kevin Feige, Disney, like, kind of hold on to the franchise, the MCU franchise. Now it's just like, you're free as a bird, do what you please. But, you know, back then it was very restrictive, and because of that, they weren't able to do the things. And they set up so many good ideas, and there's so many good characters, but it all falls flat. Um, And, like, I totally understand why Thor Ragnarok exists when this one is as bad as it is, but... um, but yeah, it's just that's disappointing. So I wish they would have gone more to the track of the first movie, which yep. is interesting because uh, that's not I'm, that's not my I'm not a big fan of that either. If anything, that might be my bottom six. I don't know. <laughs> that's I, yeah, I think that one kind of like they didn't. You know, it was kind of stuck in development hell. Um, I don't know if necessarily yeah. it was uh, producers restricted. I just know it was, I'm pretty sure it was stuck in development hell, um, and they had to feel like they had to get it out fashion than they should have um and they kind of let the loki craze overtake that movie so yeah i agree um which is fine he's a really good villain it's just kind of like it bogged it, kind of, it bogged its own movie down yeah it kind of like yeah this whole movie kind of like collapsed upon itself um what it really shouldn't have which is too bad um but which then segues into my number one, which is Avengers The Age of Ultron, except for the bar and farm scenes. I like those <laughs> too much to, like, hate that. Uh, yes. But a lot of the rest of that movie is everything I hate about the MCU uh, combined into one cacophonously terrible movie. Yeah. It is. And I think I think that was also 
you know, an example of that producer craze, but yeah, I think I think definitely that one's got hit probably out of all of them got hit the hardest by from I understand it was a, one of the guys who was head of Marvel. Uh, Ike Piro Melter was very restrictive about stuff. I like it affected a lot of movies here and there, and I know we've I've talked about it in the podcast, but like the when the like quality increase and like when the weirdness and wackiness and all the like all the stuff we like have been like talking about how much we love that was pretty much coincided right when that um, they lost that restrictive hold. Uh, Kevin Feige went over his head to Alan Horn. That guy, like the head of Marvel Studios, like, hey, we need to be separated from this, and that's why they're their own division of Marvel. They're not even like controlled by uh, the Marvel company. They're controlled by Disney Film Division. So yep. that's why that happened. Uh, so that one definitely got hit the hardest, for sure. Um, that being said, that does not absolve Joss Whedon from having made a bad film because it is a bad film. Like. This is not some, like, child that, like, you know, where you can tell the studio ruined what could have been a perfectly decent movie, um, kind of like Spider-Man 3 was. Like, yeah. you go back and watch that, that was a solid movie that totally, you can tell, got ruined um, by a bunch of, like, stuff that clearly Sam Raimi didn't want to do. This is would have mm-hmm. been a fairly mediocre movie that just got made worse by all this stuff. Um, so, yeah. Not a fan of that one. See, I agree I with everything on... you're saying, but it's like, you know, I didn't think the product was bad enough for me to put it on bottom five. Yeah, no, I can't stand that movie. So, like, I, I owned it, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that, let's talk about the good stuff. Here yeah. is our top five ratings. Uh, so first off, uh, this would be technically numbers all the others. Uh, this list was insanely hard to make. Bottom five was pretty easy to make. Uh, yeah. Top five, as you can tell by like, I'm sure, what the, well, 12 out of the 22 movies, I gave a four, which means that like, I had 12 that I absolutely unabashedly loved. So, um, I don't think I even include all of these in there, but uh, I would like to give a shout out to Iron Man 3, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Endgame, Captain America First Avenger, uh, and Captain America Civil War. These were oh all... Oh my god! Uh, those were all shout-outs to those that are so good and could have easily, probably, if I like did this list more than five minutes before the podcast, might have made it, but uh, those were absolutely phenomenal movies. Yeah, they not... I'm, I'm kind of sh- shocked that none of those ended up on your list. They are not on my top five. None uh, of them are... ended up on my top five, and that's not nope. surprising of how That's I not surprising for you, but, but for me, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, so a lot really of those like were, those. I really, I, and I still really do, they're just not top five. Um, yeah. And so the number five is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep, I love that one. And that's, that's, really that's definitely, like, the movie uh, that I, you know, think back on. It's like, I really don't like it. I really don't feel the love for it, but I totally get why people do. Yeah. So. And that I think speaks to how quality of a film is that even it's like me and the Godfather. Like I don't like the Godfather, but uh-huh. I can totally respect why people love the Godfather. Like that it's never a question of like why do people like it? It's more of a question of why don't I like it? That's Yeah. I'm not gonna that, go that far. I think it has its yeah, problems, but not saying Winter Soldier like yeah. Oh, the Godfather has his problems, man. Like, huh, I'm not a, like, I know, <laughs> a, why, I know why I don't like it. That's for sure. Gotcha. Yep. But yeah, like, it, the themes, like, totally lay out. It totally changes the status quo of the MCU. 
But yep, just just not my jam. But yep, I'm not surprised at all that it, it's on your five. Yep. Now this one you got put on your shout out, and it's easily on my top five because it is independent of the rest of the MCU. It has its own identity, and it feels you know it's a good time and a really great movie with great twists and turns. So that is Iron Man three. Um, yep, that I was think that's almost, crazy that that's not on a lot of people's top five list. That was almost on my list because I like I really do. Yeah, I don't know. I think people are like mad about the Mandarin reveal, and that's the dumbest reason to not like this movie because nobody cares about the Mandarin. It's not a you would if he existed in a villain as a villainous role, you would have people would have hated it. Yeah, like exactly hated it. So so what they did was really interesting and good and and. Uh, I, it has a great identity. You know, this is a movie that knows what it is, and it's yep. a great time because of that. Absolutely. Uh, right. What's your number four? My number four is the first Avengers. Right on. Uh, Avengers. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I could have ever wanted out of a team movie. Uh, and I bashed Joss Whedon before, but, man, did he make Avengers, the first Avengers movie work. Yes. For sure. Uh, Avengers is a stone-cold classic. It will it will definitely stand this test of time. And, yeah. uh, it's like you said, a great team up movie, but it, you know, it just works so well with its pacing and stuff like that. And I went through that and that's a movie that, you know, before we did the podcast, I will always say that I kind of hated or like, it's not great or whatever, but anytime I watched it, it would win me over every time. And I can't think of, you know, a better movies that like do that kind of stuff that I just want yep. to hate and I just can't because it wins me over. So I get it. It's cool. Yep. Uh, my number four is black Panther. Interesting. Okay. Yes. But yeah, I think just like, uh, Iron Man three, it has its own identity and you do not need to know anything from the MCU to get black Panther. And the themes yep. that they're talking about are really important and really great. Um, I think I agree back when we talked about it that with you that has kind of a protagonist problem where he doesn't exactly earn uh his winnings like he should um but that doesn't hold back you know in other ways he did earn it because he did a great job of uniting the kingdom again and stuff like that you know talking to um and personally growing as well um, yeah yeah for sure so Uh, like it's it's a solid movie and like rewatching it again and seeing that soundtrack really pump um, it's it's a great score, great visual effects and um, set building and, and mise en scene, if you will. Um, yep. All around, just like a really good one. So that's that's a solid piece, and I think more than deserves the top four spot. Yeah, it's not on my list, but I wish more movies had that kind of style and like being able to be independent and say something. Like I wish more movies were took the chance, like acted more like black panther yes yeah yeah. all right Uh, Uh, you're number three number three the original guardians of the galaxy right on yep uh that is about as good as it gets my number three is infinity war oh nice yes overall it that's also a movie with great pacing and like balances like a hundred billion side stories in a way that like really gravitates towards that ending. And that ending will be forever memorable in uh, comic book cinema as yeah, well. Yeah. Even though it technically got undone, um, 
it still it one it didn't actually get undone like in the same way of like it wasn't like everything goes back to normal yeah. uh like that one that helps that ending be more but yeah like that that is always a huge cultural thing of like the world everybody and like everybody and everybody was talking about what happened then and will continue to talk about how big of a moment that was and still is and like even if you watch in the franchise of that movie knowing how it ends afterwards it's still a huge moment like yep. it's still big which is awesome yeah so yeah yep so that's my number three you're number two uh, infinity war there you that's go number two all yeah. right that's so a great great that, uh, transition I, I love the first avengers one and i think that's like the one of the best avengers movie but this infinity war is the best mcu uh all combined everybody's in it together kind of movie um with a cap off of that if i could cheat i would add endgame to that as well because it kind of like both work together like are almost one movie um especially the way they treat the characters is like you know half the first half of the movie of like infinity war focuses on a lot of the not of the newer characters and then endgame focuses on the back half of old the old school of like original avengers mm-hmm. um so it kind of works as like a tandem thing where like both everybody gets their fair shakeup of like timing um, and like character importance. But yeah, uh, Infinity War is the big movie where it used all the characters uh, and this whole big idea of an entire universe together in the absolute best way it could have done. Yep. Um, yeah. And I apologize to all the listeners because this is going to get really confusing. But my number two is the first Avengers. And yep. uh, I think we already talked about why that works so well. And I think yep. the reason why I put it over Infinity War is because of how it's organized. I think one scene flows to the next scene in really creative and uh, uh, slick ways that uh, Infinity War doesn't really do that. That's fair. I think it's just a wonderful practice of pacing and uh, construction. Like, that's just a really, really good, solid movie. Uh, and is also what I think of as, like, the the catalyst of all the MCU. It's like, if you have one poster boy, or if you just want to say, like, why did this series work, and you go to one movie, it would be oh, yeah. the Avengers. It's yeah. 100% that or the first Iron Man. But, like, yeah, the first Avengers is, like, how it all, everything else, like, this whole big universe, why does that work? It's because of that one. It yep. could have floundered and flopped right then and there. It would be dead, but yep. it did so well in both like making a movie and money that this is why this is now, and this is why every single other company is trying to do a uh, universe is because they're trying to get that Avengers money. Yep, exactly. And so your number one is? I can guarantee it's pretty much the exact same as yours. It's yep. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yep, Avengers is the best poster boy of why this series works. But Guardians 2 is just the straight-up best movie uh, they've put out. and Which is weird, because people don't like that one, and I am baffled by what... Uh... Uh, a lot of people on film Twitter are, like, very high up on Guardians Volume 2, so I'm really glad uh, to see um, that. I think, I think I'm film Twitter, but I think when it came out, and, like, um, it's you know how the internet is. Like, either it yeah. loves it and then hates it, or hates it and loves it. Like, I think we're getting that backwards upswing to appreciating it, but... Um, because, yeah, people like, did not like this at first. Yeah, and, like, because I think a lot of other good film critics have talked about, like, Lindsay Ellis and, like, some other people. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, wait, that was good. Um, I always loved it. I yep. would put that out there right now. I remember um, when it came out, the first thing I said on our group chat 
is like believe the hype for two like whatever you heard as the hype believe it because it is that good. yeah and, and it, it is, is. is it holds up still you know it's only two years old so it's like you know, it's kind of hard to say uh, is it I, really only two yeah it's only no. two years old but uh oh my god but you know guardians one is five years old and people are still talking about that and it's because of these really great well-constructed characters um that that are are wonderful and like i yeah. see arguments of why one might be better than two but like i just i think the talk about family and how that's all integrated together and the villain you know it's just it's just so smartly put together i think for me why i had it uh two over one and like a couple places higher up and like it's on the top of my list is because these characters grow in yes not obvious ways and super character specific to them it's not the story of i'm a jerk and now i'm a hero it's very very specific to who these people are, how they act, and what they need to grow up and learn. These characters have actually grown up so much because of all the events that happen in ways that, like, I, I know I talked about Cap's growth and all that stuff, but that was over movies. These guys change from, like, noticeably different characters from the beginning of the movie to the end of it, and that yeah. is that kind of growth I wish all the other movies would do. And it's like, no, it's hard to do in the cinematic universe but like where you know you need to have the characters somewhat be the same ish so that that person can write the script for the movie that's two years in advance but also has that character image but guardians of the galaxy has worked because that these characters are so separate that they can change and grow up you don't have to look any further than the relationship between gamora and nebula and how yeah. that got redefined so that one note villain got turned into something like absolutely a incredible. Sister. That is a sister yeah. that we totally believe in, which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, like a one note evil sister that got turned and then has that continuation of growth carry on into other movies that aren't guardians of the galaxy. Like that's how good she is. Like she was, she was such a good character that they didn't kill her off in infinity war when it would have been totally easy to do. Uh, yep. and yeah, I am. I'm so glad James Gunn is back. For that, yes. for sure. Yeah. That's going to be absolutely amazing. That's that's our list. Uh, yep. That's that's the MCU in a nutshell. We'll be back yeah. in a couple weeks for Far From Home, but other than that, that's and then it. This is, and then this is done for a while, so yeah. we're not doing Marvel's Morons for a little while. Um, that That's our last one for uh, the little bit, and then we're just going to do something else. Don't know what. Do something else, though. It'll be fun. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. I We certainly enjoyed putting this together and talking about these movies. Um, We've enjoyed ranting yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's certainly, like, things that sometimes, you know, you can rant with your people in private. But when you put it out into the world, you have to do it right. And I think we finally did this right. Yep. Good, folks. I hope you enjoyed us again. I've been Kirk Peterson. I'm still Alex Bottom. And this has been Putz V. Peace! The Marvelous Morons. We'll see you next time, folks. Excelsior! That's me doing the music.